and welcome to the Clever Pup Podcast with Melanie and Christine. Join us each week as we talk about practical dog training and problem solving to help you enjoy every minute you spend with your dog. We believe every human-canine relationship deserves the most humane dog training methods based on the latest scientific research. No matter where you live, we are here to inspire you, so let's talk about dogs. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. This time, we're going to be talking about pattern games, which are something we love. So if you haven't heard of this before, a pattern game is, I'm going to say it was, I mean, I'm sure people were doing it in, in variations before Leslie McDevitt, but is definitely like a big brainchild of hers. And some of the games that we're that Melanie and I are going to talk about are ones that she developed. So, yeah. um, so I'm going to read a little description from her book. This is her... Because so, nobody can better explain it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and this is her second book. She has two books called Control Unleashed. Um, the one that I am reading from is called Reactive to Relaxed. And this is kind of like her 2.0 version where she, you know, she implemented a lot of really innovative stuff. And then she came up with new things, new innovative things, and put more stuff into a book. Um, so pattern games are one of those things. So I'm going to tell you what she said. Um, it is a trustworthy system of cues that is transportable, which a dog can use anywhere so he feels more secure. So patterns are safe, predictable, repetitive, voluntary, and normalizing. Um, and by normalizing, she means uh, the environment for a dog allowing him to process something from the security of his pattern. And that's how it's normalized. It's sort of like he can stay safe within this pattern and then still process things around him. So it's amazing for dogs that are having a difficult time in their environment for a whole variety of Not just of for reactivity, yeah. but in general, like every time you, you react in situations where they're like a little bit overwhelmed with everything that's around yeah. us, basically. We keep them in the pattern and they will still learn and they will still recognize everything that's surrounding us. So they will have those positive experience with a dog passing, a cat going on a tree, or like a truck moving if they're noise sensitive. But they will keep in the pattern so their emotions will be calm, relaxed, happy, while they experience all of that. Yeah. It's weird. I was telling Melanie before we started that I was, I'm often trying to bring this to clients and I don't, people often don't understand why I'm teaching this teaching them to do this with their dog. And I didn't tell her this part, but it almost reminds me of like, if you play video games at all, there's like parts of video games where you're like sort of repetitively collecting something, like you're picking things up. But it's a very, it's not, it's an easy, like it's easy access reinforcer from a just something you can do repetitively that's kind of relaxing you know what I mean it's a, there's not a challenge to it but it creates a feeling of like calmness or safety I think I mean if you want to um, compare it with human behaviors if you have a pen in your hand and you're playing around we'll oh, see yeah. with a little dot on the on the end point of the pen that's something that relaxes us normally so we as an annoying ones are like but like for the person who holds a pen, for that person it's relaxing. <laughs> for everybody else it's exhausting. Yeah. But it's it's kind of like an um I don't know, it gives us something to do 
in an environment where we might be stressed out, like in a meeting or like if we have a job interview and we're kind of getting nervous, that is something that relaxes us. Um, deep breathing is something, you know, that's also why you have the patterns in breathing. You know, the five seconds in, three seconds out, yeah. five seconds in, three seconds out. There's a reason why we count, you know, it relaxes us. And I think her whole idea um, came from this, you know, she had... She wanted to give the dog structures in a very unpredictable environment. Um, it came from shelter work and reactivity, well, but it actually came from sport dogs. Her work came from sport dogs. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. To get them calmer in this competi- competitive. Yeah. That was why she started the whole thing. She was dealing with people who had worked up dogs in agility rings, and the dogs were barking at other dogs or running off the ring or just doing or getting crazy with their. They were doing all kinds of nutty, reactive, overreactive things, and, and so it's that's very her, unpredictable. Yeah. I mean, you kind of, so in the ring, you kind of know what's happening. But outside of the ring, there are always different dogs, always different people. You don't know how many coming there. You know, you don't know um, if there are some dogs right in your dog's face, barking, even lunging sometimes. So it's very unpredictable. It's very hard to train. But with a pattern, they just stay with you. And basically everything around it is there but also not really countable for them or not really interesting that much for them. It gives them so something to opt into. Like, yes. they, they can choose to start doing this instead of whatever else they were thinking about But it's still doing. active enough. You know, yeah. you could do a sit or stay or down, but some people do. They give them a behavior to do instead of barking and lunging, but it's a stationary behavior, whereas a pattern is like an active behavior. So you keep their brain occupied all the time. It's lots of fun. It's just, um, they just know what's happening next. And there's also so buy-in, too, because each, each it's almost like a little circle of behavior. Like, this happens and this happens. A happens. Yeah, you keep them in a loop. Yeah, it's exactly, it's a loop. A happens, then B happens, then C happens, and when C happens, it causes A to happen again, and then B, and then C. And it, you can stay safely, and, and each time that they do any part of that, they're choosing to continue with you yeah they're choosing to continue to participate whereas you can get a dog to do something stationary I mean they may or may not be able to hold it yeah and they may not and so yeah yeah she even has stationing patterns yeah she does that's right (laughs) you know because there are situations where we cannot move with them so we have to stand on a specific place but we still want to keep them in a pattern so I use this one for elevator rights because um when I I also was one of the persons who didn't really see the benefits of pattern games before I lived in a community building because the hallway is extremely unpredictable. You really don't know what's happening around the corner, who comes out of the elevator, who comes out of the stairs. Is it a dog that she likes? Is it a dog that she doesn't like? Is it a person who, who wants to approach her? It's like so many valuables, you know, so much variety every time you go out of your house. And it's right there, right? It's right on your entrance. <laughs> you basically get into the situation like right after you get out of your apartment. So um, in the hallway, an elevator, it was a lifesaver. I even talked with her at the Clicker Expo about those specific things. And I was asking her which pattern she would use for those two, be- for those two um, problems that I had with her, to those two environments. And she used the one, two, three, and one, two up and down so the um one up and down is just um you basically let them sit down and normally she puts the she gets eye contact and puts the treat down 
which is not possible in an elevator. I have a big dog, she needs to sit, otherwise she takes <laughs> too much space <laughs> away from the elevator. So what I did was I get eye contact, she gets a treat. I get eye contact, she gets a treat. So yeah, I get eye contact, I get it, she gets a treat. So instead of putting the down on the floor, I would put it in her mouth all the time. But the pattern was just like eye contact, treat, eye contact, treat, eye contact, treat. Which was like one is eye contact, two is treat. So it's and a one-two pattern. It's a one-two pattern. And the other one is a one, two, three. She does it with counting. So she basically says one, two, three, treat. One, two, three, treat. And nonstop. Until the dog is like, oh, three? Yeah, 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 yeah. Treat. Right? So um, that was also kind of uncomfortable for me because I would do it in a hallway. I didn't want to think of the neighbors that I'm the crazy person who just counts to three all the time when I'm passing their apartments. So I did a clapping moment. So I did basically, and she got a treat. And I did, she got a treat. And it's absolutely amazing what it changed for her. She, she saw before the pattern, before I implemented the pattern, I could not take her in an elevator with another dog. She would not have it. Even with small dogs, she would not be able to hold more than two people in an elevator. She would explode. She would um, explode if she sees another dog in the hallway. And it doesn't matter how close the dog was. There was another dog in the hallway and she could not handle it. With the patterns, I was able to get four people in the elevator with her in it. I was able to ride with the elevator with my dog and other dogs in it. I was able to pass other dogs in the entrance of the hallway, of the, like all the corner spots, like all the tricky parts where you get the surprise moment, like, oh, shoot, dog to dog, I nose to nose. <laughs> and she still stuck with me. And her bubble got smaller and smaller with the patterns. Just like giving her the structure that she, she looked at, the other dog right but she looked at me right away and I got the treat for her and she just she recognized everything still and she was still kind of looking it but then she got right back so afterwards she was like okay it's there but let's just stick with it it feels good feels right I know what to do I know what to expect and it was I was so so helpful in the situations that's absolutely incredible it is (laughs) I mean, it's it's very similar to your ping pong work. Yeah, um, I think you you basically told me about it, and I think that's the pattern that I didn't even know existed right. a year ago. Ping pong was an absolute game changer. So this is another um, one of her pattern games where there's a stationary version, and then there's a walking version, and then you can sort of incorporate other like other things into it as well. But the very basic version of it is you just drop a treat on the ground and when the dog looks up you say yes and mark it and you give him another treat it was a little bit like the one you were describing one two yeah it's a little bit like the one two um but it it what really shines it was a total game changer for the shelter for me because the dogs there are really stressed so I pretty much do this a hundred percent of the time now anytime if the dog feels Um, confident enough to leave the shelter if they're not just stuck in their kennel because they're too scared to go outside once we get outside the shelter I almost always do this game with them and we do a moving version where with the dog I usually toss a treat on the ground 
Um, and then when the dog looks back at me, I click and toss another treat on the ground and we start moving through the environment like that. And usually it helps them a lot because we've just come out, we call it like the gauntlet when you're bringing a dog out of the shelter. They're walking by all the other dog kennels and those dogs are barking at them. And then they, we, you walk through a bunch of doors. So there's a bunch of like surprise behind this door and a surprise behind this door. And then you come out and there's like all of these smells and then there's traffic noises. Like it is an absolute gauntlet. And so I often play that game with them to give them something else, to give them something to calm them down. Refocus. Yeah, and it also helps them use their nose. So a lot of times I will combine it. I'll do start to do ping pong as we're walking out, and then when we get to a grassy area, I'll scatter some treats for them to use their nose around. And then I kind of, after that, I try to let them sniff and observe. But we'll often go back to ping pong if I feel like they're getting in over their head emotionally somewhere. Then I sort of bring the game back to help them move through the environment if it seems like it's too much for them. Yeah, yeah ping pong was amazing. So I, I use it a lot for leash walking for strong pullers, yeah. you know. So either if they um, have like this way of they want to go faster somewhere or sometimes even they are stressed out on the walk you know and they just want to get out of the situation um for those two scenarios like for the one that's pulling i would just stop where i'm standing and ping pong i would just do the treat in all the directions like all around me so that they can get it into the leash cycle mm-hmm. basically into the maximum of the space that you get in during having the le- having the leash on the dogs, and um, it's very interesting. They basically slow down for the first time because f- before that you were not interesting at all for them. So you just wanted to go to a specific place, but now this place where we are standing got so much more interesting for them. So they slow down for the first time, and like right after I played the pattern game with them. If I go a little bit further, I still get the eye contact. So I can just do 10 feet and do another ping pong game with them. And then I do another 10 feet, I do another ping pong game with them. And after that, I'm most likely to actually walk with them a distance where they sniff, use their nose much more. They're actually taking much more in instead of just rushing through to get to a specific place. And a lot of times... It's amazing. Yeah, a lot of times when they're doing that, they're just... They're pulling because they just are feeling like internally, um, they're not, I mean, like they might be trying to get to, you know, away or somewhere, but a lot of times I feel like they're just like, it feels better to move fast, like to try to get, you know, I don't know. It's like, they're much faster than we are. Yeah. It's kind of a stress response in some of them where it's just like, I feel like they're just hunkered down and going forward. They're like, just go, don't look back, you know? But I actually like mushing all those together. Another Leslie McDevitt um, training protocol that she does is called Look at That. And there's been other That's trainers. That's very famous one. It's famous. And there's other versions by other trainers. And, but essentially it's um, the, the, I mean, hers is a very specific kind. So we're always doing our own kind of variations on these things. But hers was like to let the dog know that there was something in the environment that they should be aware of. Usually it's because a dog is worried about anything it could be cars it could be other dogs it could be children or people or whatever you're weird objects something that looks weird you're gonna let the dog know look at that means there's something nearby and then them looking at it and looking back at you 
is the pattern of the behavior. And so, and the thing is, is when you're playing ping pong, they're eating the treat on the ground and looking back at you. So it has a really similar cadence to it. So once they've been practicing that, I feel like it's almost a little bit intuitive for them to look back. Not 100% with all dogs, because you can actually click them for looking at the thing, and the click will often make them look back. So that's <laughs> that's another way to start it. And um, yeah, so I mean, as we like to kind of riff on stuff as trainers, we like to come up with our own, you know, creative versions for the dog that's in front of us that seems to be working. But yeah. that's kind of like, we mush them all together. So I have to do like, look at that and ping pong and treat scatter or something like those three like fit together for me with a lot of dogs. Okay. Yeah, I mean, um, the one, two, three is also amazing for leash walking in general. Yeah. Um, Hannah Burningham was actually using um, stripes on the floor. You know how you have, like, I, I was not actually stripes. Do you know, like, these poles that you have right next to the streets where you normally get the reflection for, for the cars to just see there's a sidewalk right next to us? Mm -hmm. I think so. So she uses those poles as um, stations. You know, she st stays with them in a pattern. So, but instead of counting or like the clapping that I did, she basically counts the steps that she has between the poles right next to the streets. And um, it gives the dog a very clear structure, but also the person who's holding the leash. So we always tell um, clients to use lots of treats, right? But we still end up with having less treats that we would like to see. <laughs> so she came up with this um, structure. She basically tells the client, okay, go to this pole. If you get to the next one, give your dog a treat. Go to the next one, give your dog a treat. Go to the next one, give your dog a treat. Turn around and do the same thing. As long as you do this five, six times until the dog knows, okay, every time I go to the stations, I get a treat. And I think Leslie um, did it in a workshop was mats, like the same thing, just was mats. So she just put down lots of stations, lots of targets, and every time they got to a target, they will get a treat, you know? And it just gives, a, like the counting does it as well without needing equipment, which is very helpful for hallways, <laughs> you know, for, for spaces where you don't have equipment down or where you cannot do equipment down, or in situations where you just, walk into without seeing it coming <laughs> you know if on a busy street and you're just going around the corner and there's a dog right in front of you you know you cannot have stations in this moment so the counting or the clapping is very helpful then to just stick with the pattern and go around the obstacle yeah the look at that um is it's yeah it's it's very all of the patterns are very dependable on the learner you know on the client who wants to use them and how they use them and on the learner, if they, which they like more, which patterns they like more. Cassie really likes the one, two, three. Mm -hmm. um, and it was clear enough with the clapping as well to just stick with it. Yeah. The up and down was also very helpful. The look at that has... Um, so I had moments where she was stuck into the looking. <laughs> you know, when it was too close to... Um, to the dog or to the scary objects like Halloween decoration is very hard for her like all the weird creepy looking things <laughs> in the gardens and um, then it really depended on how much I actually trained the pattern before I got into the situations so one to three seemed much easier than with the look at that I wonder if it's just because you had more history with it Probably, I mean, yeah. I know Ezri will op opt into the look at that game because I did that so much with her with children because she 
Um, she barks at children if they're, uh, like you're saying, Halloween. If they're wearing any kind oh, of, yeah. they're wearing helmets, costumes. If and kids tend to be a little bit yeah, weird looking. If they're moving too quickly or whatever, she's worried about it. So we worked on it a lot. And she almost never, she almost never barks at them anymore. But she'll often opt into that game when she sees one. Either she ignores them and she's fine and I can see that she's okay. If she wants to opt into the game, what she does is I see her look at the thing and she goes, she makes this thing that's almost a bark, but not really a bark. It's just like the tiniest. Let you know that she saw something. Yeah, she's kind of like, I think it's her way of saying, I, I'm not going to bark, but I'm really concerned about this thing. And then she'll look at me. And then we start the look at that game where I, I give her a treat and she looks at the thing again. And she usually doesn't make the noise again. She just licks and licks back. And we'll do, as we're wa walking farther away, we'll do a set of like five or ten of her just like. But I let her kind of guide, you know, what it is that she has a way of telling me that she wants to opt in. And I know that the game's going to make her feel better and calm her. And I, I know that she wants to do it in that moment to make herself feel better. Which is and, amazing, right? So yeah. if you you use those patterns in lots of so if you use it in very specific situations the situation will become the first cue to start the game which is amazing especially for surprising moments so if you did it all the time in dog interactions so you basically see the other dog on the street and you do the pattern game let's just say the one two three you know just passing on with the one two three the cue, the dog on the other side will become a cue for starting the game. So if you did that a few times and you're getting into this surprising moment, like nose to nose more or less, if you're lucky and it's so well into the pattern, she will just see the dog and go right back in the pattern. Mm -hmm. She will just look at you, you gave a treat and then you do the one, two, three, just move on, which is it's amazing. It's incredible. Yeah. So it's yeah. Like I said, it was the hallway and the elevator. As soon as I got into the hallway, so the first step into the hallway, she was into the game. I had her into healing. She was right next to me, even though I didn't train healing. <laughs> but that was her position that it was in because she wanted to be right next to the trees, which was like right on my hip. <laughs> so she stayed there, and it was yeah. It's. Even even like was sitting, so going around corners, she was behind me. I was making sure that she's a little bit behind me around corners, and be in front of the elevator. I go into the last corner, have her body block basically, so I can do the one two game. And it didn't matter what was behind me going on, who came in, who came out, whatever. I just stayed with her in my bubble in the corner. And that also became a cue. I didn't even need to send her to the corner, sit, say sit or something like that. She would just naturally go into the corner, sit down, and we do the one-two game. She would naturally, going into the elevator, into the corner, sit down, and do the one-two game. And even there, I even had like this a moment where I was realizing how much she was sticking to structure, not just with the pattern, but also with the other stuff that happened, with oh, the yeah. sitting down and all those things. Which was kind of tricky because I had always, so if you go into the elevator, the left corner was always her corner. So I had a few moments when there was a person <laughs> sitting or standing in that corner. And she just went into the elevator and she has this baffled moment like, oh, okay, <laughs> this is not happening. I cannot sit where I'm normally sitting. So I had to build up variety into the sitting <laughs> position in the hallway, in the elevator, because I didn't want to have her 
buffered. <laughs> Especially if there's a dog and a person in that corner that she normally goes into. <laughs> That's it's so interesting how she stuck to the specific yeah. positions where she wanted to sit down. That's interesting. So the pattern wasn't just the one, two, three, but it was like the entire context of the The entire context from leaving the apartment to getting out of the community building. We came all into this pattern. Like all of it com- combined with all the patterns from her and um, yeah, like I said, with the hallway, it was okay because there was never a person sitting in that corner or standing in the corner or waiting in that corner. Mm-hmm. But with the elevator, I mean, people are standing wherever they want to stand. Yeah. And the left side is like the nicest one because you're the most far away from the buttons and the entrance of the elevator. So that was my favorite corner. But I had to switch it up just so that she's not going in and almost looking stressed out by a person (laughs) standing on her spot basically well so just so people know um when leslie mcdevitt um made the first book the control unleashed she set it up as a class and so um depending on where you live there are people out there doing like control unleashed classes classes, which is really cool and they definitely i'm sure they incorporate the pattern games into those classes and um and other than that, I kind of feel like the books are, um, they're not like light reading, really. So I would almost, you know, if you're interested in finding the pattern games that we're talking about, which are, you know, the counting game and ping pong, um, how would you how would you find access to those, I wonder? I mean, at some point, I would like to write blog posts about it, but now, um, I don't know. I mean, we could try to find post online yeah. right now about those specific patterns that we're talking about to see if somebody had like a nice step-by-step yeah I think when we, explanation otherwise we will just do our own yeah I think so um if they're Basically. not if they're not there now links will be around eventually because we want people who are interested in seeing what they look like to be able to see them in action because they're pretty cool yeah um, I mean it's a boarding facility so it's a daycare I trained it all the time. Like, I did check in behaviors and recall with patterns. So either I was in station, I would throw the ball, the ball, I would throw the treat away from me, the dog runs to the treat, grabs the treat, runs back to me, gets another treat, and I throw another one. So I get this back and forth of the dog just running away, and then I get this amazing running back to me. So it's kind of a recall foundation. Yes, that's what it's I use like, as a recall. All of the pattern games seem to be like a foundation for something else that you would train anyway. Yes. Like either it's stationing or recall or eye contact or like all those like really primary things that we talk about, like that we always teach our dogs anyway that are like the beginning of anything else that we're going to train the pattern games always seem to have elements of those things in them this is amazing especially in the first impression that you make with your dog with the dog so if you get into a room and they never trained with you they don't know what you want from them even if you have treats they might not be interested in you but if you start with patterns instead of introducing the clicker you would just start with a pattern game just put a treat down walk away the dog gets the treat you they follow you it doesn't take long you basically just go into the room put a treat down walk away put a treat down walk away put a treat down walk away and it doesn't take long until they're like running to you like where's another one where's the next one 
you know, and it's just like this amazing, especially in the first training sessions, it's amazing connection with you just giving them treats for not doing a specific behavior just for being there with me in the room it calms them down we refocus them i get their attention and then i can introduce the clicker and then we can work on specific behaviors and for recall check in behaviors i always do patterns because it's it's fun it's extreme fun for them to learn and especially check in recall it's so so important that they have this amazing connection with it because we will use them at some point in very distracting scenarios and we want to have this amazing like from here yeah you know where are you so um patterns will be good yeah extremely useful for them all right you want to catch up yeah um yeah i guess that's i guess we're gonna call it there so we'll see you next time all right (laughs) Thank you for listening. Please share and comment. All of the good stuff. See you next time. Bye.